Mitch, we are back. We are back with season two of the Sporting Post. It's quite exciting, actually. You should <laughs> smile a bit more. Oh, mate, it might show, not show on my face, but I am incredibly excited to be back. It's going to be a great season. Uh, we've got a great interview lined up for all our listeners today. Uh, lots to talk about, lots to get into. So uh, let's get cracking, mate. What do you got planned? Yeah, well, look, I'm, I've uh, enjoyed a whole year's lost worth of sport being crammed into one summer. I think that is... <laughs> Yeah, that has been cracking and um, always nice. Always nice, you know. You can't go wrong watching live sport. And this this week we've had a, a cracking guest as well, Jack Kovacic from the Melbourne City A League Club. Jack, um, he's a fantastic guy, wasn't he? Fantastic, fantastic interview. Yeah, media coordinator absolutely. for a W League club, for an A League club. He achieved so much in such little time, and he's he had some great, yeah. great, um, great points for our listeners too, who were trying to break into their own their own industry jobs. A few little nuggets there. A few little cheeky nuggets throughout the episode. That's what we want. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, Mitch, is there something you want to touch on from from the off season? Yeah, so uh, I guess the off season of the Sporting Post was the on season for, for everything else, <laughs> for pretty much everything else. Um, yeah, and I guess the thing that I wanted to talk about was um, obviously. Long-time listeners and, and yourself will, will know I'm a big fan of uh, the NFL, mm. uh, American football, uh, one of my favorite sports. Um, and it's tough to look past Tom Brady. I mean, his seventh Super Bowl win, to put it into a bit of context, um, he now has more Super Bowl wins as an individual player than any franchise has in the NFL, which is just absolutely incredible. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, it's absolutely insane. And he's just further distancing himself from the pack. He's far and away... Um, resume-wise, the greatest NFL player to ever live. Mm. Um, and he's really kind of transcended the sport and he's become one of the greatest athletes across any sport, really, um, that you can think of. You know, uh, I would say I would put him up with, um, you know, the Don Bradmans of the world as potentially one of the most untouchable athletes that we've ever seen in terms of his, his resume, his accomplishments. It's just yeah. nothing that you can ever fathom ever being touched again. Like no current player in the NFL will ever come close to what he's achieved. We're looking years down the track, 20 or 30 years before we might see another guy of his caliber come along. Maybe never. Um, so it's, it's an incredible, it's incredible what he's managed to achieve over the course of his yeah. career. Um, it's a blessing that we're here for. Absolutely. Um, and I know you had something you want to chat about, Seb. Uh, what do you got for us? Yeah, look, I'll just keep it brief. I was really inspired by, um, by some things over the last few weeks. Uh, there's, Mm-hmm. Michael Gudinski passed away a couple of a couple of weeks ago. You know, legend, um, legendary music icon. Yep. Um, you know, for decades, well, well known, well known celebrity, and um, so he he died. And then yeah. on the weekend, his horse called Homesman ran in the Australia Cup. It was a thirty to one chance, wasn't supposed to really figure, and and it won. You know, and the scenes that came out of it and the way it galvanised people, it just makes you think, Mitch. Or it makes me think. Sport does some incredible things for people. Absolutely. And I think it's it really should be noted that. There's a while. There's a lot of on-field stuff. Some of the stuff that comes off-field from some things that happen. It it really is incredible what sport does for people off the field as well. It is. Um, you know, sport gives everyone a common goal, uh, a goal to strive for. We can yeah. put aside our differences for for a short while. Forget about everything else that's going on in the world, in our lives, in the lives of those we care about. Um, to enjoy, to play, to participate. It 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 really is something that that we can band together in support of even when everything else seems to be going um, down the toilet. Um, and that's certainly been the case last year uh, for the sport that we got to watch. It was a good opportunity to get away from all the difficulties that we were having in our own lives. 
Um, and as you've just spoken of, you know, during times of tragedy, during times of hardship, sport, we can look to sporting moments um, for some support mm. um, and to really galvanize ourselves and our communities around. Yep, yep, 100%. But look, Mitch, we've just recorded a fantastic interview with Jack Kovacic. He was a great guy to talk to. Absolutely. Um, really inspiring. Kind of makes me feel like I'm now by, you know, I'm not in a, as good a spot as I thought I was. <laughs> you know, he's only 22. He's doing so well. Bit of the insecurities creeping in now, are they? <laughs> Bit of the insecurities <laughs> creeping in, but um, no. Look, let's let's let the listeners listen to his um his interview because he drops, like you said, he drops some really good nuggets, doesn't he? Absolutely. Let's get cracking. Okay, Jack Kovovich, you are the first guest of the second season of the Sporting Post. How are you? Going well, mate. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for thanks for jumping on. So um. You know, me and Mitch are very, very excited to have you on. But for the um, for those of us at home who don't know who you are, can you give us a bit of a background about yourself? Yeah, so I currently am the content and media coordinator at Melbourne City Football Club. So I've been at the club now for about five months. Um, so yeah, I ended up getting the job after doing an internship last season, which I got through Latrobe, which is where I went to uni. And um, yeah, no, I've been really enjoying the role, and uh, it's all going well so far, mate. Yeah, nice. So um, I guess, can you give us a bit of a, a background about yourself? You know, like, uh, what did you do at school? How did you get into sports journalism, I guess, is the main question. Like, what was the path that led you to uh, come down this road, I suppose? Well, as I'm sure you boys both are, and pretty well anyone that gets into sports media, I just was an absolute sports nuffy growing up. Yeah. Um, just, you know, footy, basketball, cricket, soccer, everything, just loved it all. Loved playing it, loved talking about it. Pretty well was all I ever thought about. Um, and I probably got to the age of about 10 or 11, and I realised that my dream of either, you know, playing cricket for Australia or playing in the AFL or, you know, playing soccer for the Socceroos probably wasn't going to happen. And I kind of, you know, thought, what's the next best thing you can do? You know, I love talking about sport, like I said. So I was like, well, there's a job that you can talk about sport every day and get paid for it, which was sports journalism. So I thought, you know what, that's probably going to be a pretty good career for me. So that was probably, I was probably about, yeah, 11 or 12 when I first realised that. Um, and then I kind of started to think, okay, like, how am I going to actually do this? Um, and probably my first point of call was, um, so like I said, I obviously played a lot of sport growing up. I started writing just match reports for my local cricket team. So that was kind of my first gig there. I just ran the website, probably got read by about five people. But, you know, it's something that's a start. you got to start yep. somewhere. Um, so I did that. And then when I was in high school, probably around 14 or 15 years old, I um, started writing. I started covering the local football league um, for my local paper, which was the Murray Pioneer. Um, down in country South Australia, so I would just you know go to go to one of the senior games each week, write up a match report on that. So I'd probably did that for four or five years um, while I was still living at home in SA. And also after probably the first season of doing that, I actually got involved with a radio broadcast as well. So they'd broadcast one game a week down there. So I'd just jump on and do some special comments, statistics, that kind of stuff. So you know I did that, which I which I really loved. And then kind of from there, I started writing for a few different websites as well. So like I said, I'm you know kind of just big on all sports really. So I covered a bit of A-League for Daily Football Show, did some AFL stuff for Real Sport, did some NBA stuff for Lonzo Wire. So that was kind of all the stuff I did back home in South Australia. And then at the start of 2018, I moved to Melbourne for uni. Um, and kind of when I first got down there, I had a bit of a look at, you know, what was around and thought that getting involved in a VFL club would be a pretty good place to start. So I sent out a few feelers, just, just emailed a few clubs just to see, you know, what kind of media stuff they had any openings or anything there. And ended up getting involved with the Coburg Football Club down here. So I spent two seasons just as part of their media team, just, you know, doing match reports, previews, a bit of video stuff, a bit of Photoshop stuff here and there, which I really enjoyed. And then had a bit of a brief stint in 2020 there as well, 
as the um as the media manager, which of course the season was shut down due to COVID and stuff. So that you know probably wasn't really much of a big role there. There wasn't as much to do, but mm. um I kind of stopped that after I got an internship with Melbourne City. So that um so I got that year through Latrobe as I mentioned earlier. Um, and you know, which was just a really, really good opportunity for me. So I think I'd do about a hundred hours or something for that, which I'd probably completed halfway through last season. But I just like I, you know, I really, really enjoyed it. Loved the club, loved you know what I was doing. So I just kind of said to him, like, I know obviously I've technically finished this internship, but you know, I'm really, really keen to just stay on. Like, you know, you don't have to pay me, but if you want to have me helping out for the rest of the season, you know, I'll offer my services. So, so I did that and was there, yeah, the whole last season, and then probably couple of months after the season ended I just got a phone call to say that um that Yana who was um who was my boss I guess there technically was leaving and that that I had an opening there for her position and they just said that you know they'd love to have me on and you know had a little bit of a quick interview and all of a sudden had the full-time job and yeah been there ever since so yeah yeah it's pretty pretty sick I got to say that thing where you're talking about how just 11 or 12 you realize that you can make a make a job out of watching sport I think that really resonates with me I'm sure that does with you too Mitch Absolutely, like yeah, we all we all had dreams of being um being footy players and basketball players growing up, and then at one stage we all kind of realised they were they were cut short pretty quick. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> catch up to you. Don't have the athleticism for it. Um, so we find other ways to make most of our make most of our um enjoyments and our hobbies. Yeah, dead set, dead set. Um, Jack, you say you. I kind of get the impression that once you got one gear, kind of just kept snowballing and snowballing. You just kept getting more and more offers and more and more opportunities. Yeah, is that kind of how you see it as well? Pretty much. Yeah, I feel like kind of you know, like one thing leads to the next, and you know, it's kind of one of those things that like the more stuff you do, the more you know, you kind of not really make a name for yourself as such, but the more you're out there, and the more you can point to people, it's like, oh, you know, I've covered this sport, I've covered this sport, I've covered this sport, I've wrote for this publication, this website, done this on the radio. Like the more stuff you've got there in your resume, I feel like the more of a legit kind of sports journalist you are and the more like, you know, what you do and what you say will carry more weight and it's just, yeah, just opens more doors for you the more stuff you do, really. Yeah, I understand, gotcha. Yeah, and I guess, I think that's something that um, for our listeners at home, they might not kind of realise, you just got to put your put your name out there, you know, you got to, um, you, you, these these things aren't just going to cross by your cross by your door if you don't reach out. Uh, to people and it really is sometimes that easy just putting your name out there doesn't happen overnight um would, would, does that resonate with you jack at all just you just got to put your name out there and, and yeah that you get opportunities that way exactly right i reckon i've always kind of had the view that i'm um, like, like i love my time at uni and i learned plenty of stuff and it was great and everything but i've always kind of had the view that a sports journalism degree is only really worth the paper that it's printed on like it's not a no one's going to look into your resume and say oh he's done a degree in sports journalism like you know we'll give him a job like it's not like that it's just you know all the stuff that employers care about is the stuff you've done outside of uni like you know yeah. stuff like, like writing for websites you know volunteering at clubs doing all this stuff like it might be a bit tedious you know you spend you know like i'd know that i definitely you know like as i mentioned all the stuff that i've done before like you know you spend hours and hours covering you know stuff and not getting paid for it but it's that thing like you know the more stuff you do the more opportunities you're going to open for yourself and it's all going to pay off one day that's just kind of the view that i've taken with it all yeah well that's that's all the stuff that we're hearing as well from uni aren't we mitch um, i'm sure all the other monash kids are as well you know it's yeah absolutely i can i completely agree with that sports journalism degree is only worth what paper is printed on hadn't heard of that saying before but i like it i like that quote actually yeah. <laughs> yeah so jack you know you now you're a full-time job you're, you're still pretty young like how do you handle the responsibility like, how did you adapt to the changes that, that comes with that yeah well i mean it was yeah it was pretty different like you know i pretty well went from living a um you know if i was in the uni lifestyle of like i'm sure you boys you know you're going out and you're you know hitting the town and having a lot of fun you know messing around with all your days yeah but 
must be hard to give that up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Yeah, so like it was a bit of a shock to the system, you know, getting the full time job. But like that's a thing that you know that's all the work that you've done, you know, is to get to get to that position. So you know, getting it so young, like I'm only I'm only 22 years old still, so to have you know, a full time job at an at an A League club's a pretty pretty big achievement. But I don't know. I think it's just about like like I said, I've got something that you wanted to do your whole life. So you know, when it's something that you've been wanting to do for so long, you know, you've kind of sacrificed a lot to get to where you are. It's one of those things where like you know, because you're actually enjoying what you're doing, you don't mind sacrificing those things. Where like I might not be able to go out and have a few drinks with my friends as much as I want to, or I might not be able to have my Saturday free to go and you know do whatever. Mm. But it's kind of all worth it because like all my life this is what I've wanted to do, and now I'm actually doing it. So you know, it it pays off. Yeah, I'm sure you've got such a good job anyway, you know, work with the A-League clubs, working with the W-League clubs. A lot of it doesn't feel like work, does it? Exactly, yeah. And that was like, you know, kind of like I said, like you've wanted to do something your whole life and you're actually doing it. Well, it is technically a job. It doesn't really feel like a job because if you're enjoying it, then, you know, the classic old saying is, you know, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. So I kind of just take that view with it, really. Yeah, that's cool. That's awesome. I guess... The other thing that we, I guess, we should touch on is what, what's kind of the mentality that you've that you took into whether it was your uni work, whether it was the internships, whether it's the job that you've just got. What's kind of the mentality that you take into it um, so that you can maximize the opportunity that you've got presented in front of you? I feel like really it's just all about learning. Like every day, like you know, you want to just make sure you're learning new things, you know, learning new skills, getting better. Like no one's, you know, you're not just going to get to one day where you've learned everything you need to know in terms of you know media. Like you know, you're always there's always new skills to learn, and you know, like the way that sports media is covered has changed so much even like in the last five or ten years like it's going to be constantly changing so you're never going to be a master of everything it's just about trying to make sure that you know you're always developing new skills and you're always learning yeah i i um, completely agree with that so i think i did a few internships at the end of last year that i went into the with the mentality of that um you know it's more of a cv i'm not going to get a whole lot out of this but i think as soon as you change that that mindset and you understand that people are willing to help you um like jack obviously we worked together at the uh with the with melbourne city a bit this year and i think you sent me an email at the start of the year going after one of the interviews i did <laughs> you know when i first got that i was like oh, this is a bit stiff and then listening back to it reading reading the feedback i was like you know he's got a, he's got a lot of point there exactly mitch i'm sure you've had similar experiences as well you got to really be open to that feedback yeah i just remember the first article that i put up on um stats insider website about trey young in the nba yeah just got knocked back straight hit straight away i was like no this is not good enough <laughs> Um, there's points here, here, and here that you need to work on. And you've got two choices. You can either, you know, take that to heart and kind of get all down and out about it, or you can just take it for what it is, which is constructive criticism um, and keep pushing forward with it um, and make the most of the opportunity that you've been presented with. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, I think like, you know, like no one's perfect. I think you've just got to be open to that feedback. No one's going to, you're not going to be able to write the perfect article every time and like just have to be open and just not take it personally. Like the only way you're going to get better is to actually seek out that feedback and take it on board. The same way you're going to improve. So I think it's just all about, I mean, like, you know, no one's going to be like, oh, that's no good. But, you know, you just got to be open to all the criticism and like, hopefully most of the time it's constructive, but you've got to learn from it and make sure you're keeping on learning and yeah. Have you had anything like that happen with your job at City Jack where you, you just haven't quite nailed it or haven't quite been up to it and you've had to have one of those tough conversations? Um, not so much as of yet. Like probably when I first started there was just a few things like in terms of in terms of the style, because I'd never really written for like I mentioned I did some stuff for Kobe, but I'd never really written for like, you know, kind of like a big club like City is where they're playing, you know, in the in the top league in the country. Mm. So it's actually in terms of like actually changing from writing you know for a for a publication that's you know outside of the club to actually being involved in a club it's kind of a different way of covering it and like obviously you want to try and you know spin things positively and everything so it's kind of just you know kind of adapting your writing style and that but probably like you know i mean everyone makes mistakes like i've definitely done that a few times like i think um yesterday we had a w league game 
and um, I put out the halftime graphic. It was one nil. We were ahead, and I actually had the full time on there instead of the halftime. So, <laughs> so that was up for about twenty minutes. And um, Dan, my colleague, sent me a text and just said, "Well, what happened here, mate?" And yeah, it turns out that there was a heap of comments saying, "Oh, who let the work experience kid run the Instagram today?" <laughs> and stuff like that. But, I mean, like, no, like I said, like no, everyone makes mistakes. No one's perfect. So it's just about you know just learning from it and just making sure you don't make the same mistakes twice. Really, yeah, that's that's a good way to go about it. Um, I guess. You touched on it briefly. Oh, we touched on it briefly before in our conversation, but I just wanted to touch on it again. Um, how, I guess, how has your life kind of changed going from being a uni student to all of a sudden you're pretty much straight into a full-time job? You know, what's your life like now? How different is it to what you've been used to over the past few years? Well, what we want, Jack, is that we want the reassurance that people that go out and get full-time jobs can still go and have a beer and stuff like that. <laughs> Oh no! You definitely, you definitely can still do that, mate. That's for sure. Um, that's probably the good thing about city is like you know we've got um you know it's not just me that's you know lifting the load. Like I've got Dan who I mentioned before. Like you know we've got a bit of a content team there, so it's like you know you don't have to constantly be like it, it is like I will say this is pretty well twenty seven twenty four seven job. Like you can't really ever fully switch off. Yeah. But yeah, you definitely can still you know go out and have a few beers with your mates and stuff. Like I feel like when I was at uni, I probably made the most of that. Um, you know, like you probably spend a lot of time sitting around and, and wasting your days away. <laughs> but like for sure, like I am pretty busy and stuff, like you know, pretty well working nine to five, Monday to Friday, you know, a lot of days probably even a bit longer when it when it's busy like has been this season with, you know, fixtures changing left, right and centre and games getting crammed in everywhere. But like, you know, like it's kind of, you know, that nine to five, Monday to Friday, you work on the weekends too for the games and stuff. But like you can still find time and like you've got plenty of people around the club to support. You never need you, know, if you ever need some time off, you know, they're always happy to accommodate that and stuff. So, you know, like it, it is a bit of a big change, but it's not like it's not the big shock to the system that some people might expect. Yeah, yeah. Fan well, it sounds like a fantastic workplace, really. Um, Jack, we won't keep you for too much longer, but just a, a few more things. So people that want to follow I guess your your framework into the industry, you know, just take on as much as you can, keep keep getting your name out there, keep hoping that snowball gets bigger and bigger. Um, what advice do you do you have to them? Well, I reckon that's you know you've pretty much said it right there. I think it's just just don't wait for those opportunities to pop up. Like actually go out yourself, take the initiative, find them. You know, like not everyone's going to put up to say like, oh, we need you know we need a media intern, or we need someone to come and do this. Like just get on the front foot, email clubs, email leagues, email whoever. You know, the more contacts you can kind of develop, and you know, even if you do email someone and they say like, oh no, nah, sorry mate, like we you know we've got enough media people, or blah blah blah, like. They've got you down and they know you're keen. Like, you know, this, the more you hassle them, the more likely is you're going to actually be able to. When they actually do need someone, you're going to be the person they think of because you're being the one that's been hassling them flat out. So I think it's just, you know, like, make sure you get on the front foot. Just don't wait for things to happen. Like, make them happen yourself. And just, you know, like I mentioned earlier, like, the degree's worth the paper it's printed on. Like, no one no one cares that you got a degree. Like, it's just all about the stuff you're doing outside. Like, even if it's just stuff like, you know, like, make your own website, make your own blog and just cover the game yourself. Like, the more stuff you've got that you can point potential employers to to say, this is what I've done. Here it is. I've covered this sport, this sport, this sport. Just the more stuff you do, the better off you're going to be, really. Yeah, fantastic point. Um, Mitch, I'm sure you know of Matty Barmer, actually. Jack, you might know him too. He uh, made his own AFL Draft Central website. Yeah, Fox Footy. Yeah, Fox Footy. Yeah. Um, he was at the Monash paper with with um, me and Mitch before we were there. Like that's that's some of the stuff that you need to do, don't you, Mitch? Yeah, absolutely. You just got to yeah take uh, make the most of the time you have available to you. Um, I guess – the last thing we want to touch on, um, Jack, obviously you, you seem like a pretty 
aspirational kind of guy. Um, what's next for you? You know, obviously you got your job. Is there any job or are there any plans that you have going forward in terms of like what you want to what you want to achieve next? Yeah, look, mate, that's that's a great question. Actually, um, it's probably something that I haven't really thought a heap about at this stage. Like, you know, like I said, I've only really been at the club for yeah, in a full time <laughs> yeah, in a full time capacity for about five months or so. But it's you know, kind of when I first had the idea, like I said, when I was about 12 or so that I wanted to get into the business, I always like, you know, I'd probably even still say now that AFL is probably my favourite sport, my number one sports. I kind of always thought that, you know, sports journalism is, you know, writing for the Herald Sun or something like that to cover the AFL. So, yeah, be sick. I mean, like I would lo- love one one day to kind of get involved in that, but like kind of since, you know, it's probably been almost, well, it's over a year now since I've been involved in City, like in terms of my internship and the full-time role. And I've kind of like, you know, you kind of fall in love actually with working at a club because like, you know, when you build the relationships with, you know, like the players, the coaches and the staff and stuff, like you actually like feel like you're actually really invested in what actually happens out there on the pitch. So like I know that, um, as I mentioned, I'm from country South Australia originally. So I know that when I first started, I was a pretty Adelaide United fan. So I kind of found myself, I think we played Adelaide in one of the first few games I covered. And like, you know, like I was still a pretty Adelaide United fan. Like, you know, I think when they scored, I was had a few little fist pumps under the table. I was loving it. <laughs> but I think, you know, kind of after a few weeks, kind of the more you're involved with, with the club and like, you know, you're getting to know, yeah, like the players, coaches and staff, as I said, like you actually do really feel that investment. So I actually really do enjoy working there. But like, you know, it's probably, you know, one day, I'm sure I'm not going to be at Melbourne City forever. Like I'm sure, you know, one day I will look to look to move and I'd love to, you know, one day be involved in, in the AFL and, you know, in some kind of media way. But it's just, yeah, I kind of just wait and see what happens. I'm enjoying what I'm doing now. So I'll just stick it out until I'm not really. Yeah, fantastic stuff, Jack. We really appreciate your time. We'll leave it there. But um. Thanks so much for chatting to us. No worries, boys. Really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thank you very much. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Jack. Mitch, that was Jack Kovacic. In, he is a cool guy. He's accomplished a fair bit for a 22-year-old. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, when, he, when he reminded me again that he was 22 years old, just shook me a little bit because <laughs> to have accomplished so much is, is quite remarkable and quite inspiring, but at the same time, uh, quite intimidating. Um, <laughs> but he really laid out his steps to how he got there, didn't he? Absolutely. Yeah, you know, like you, you hear about how he just grew that snowball bigger and bigger, and he kept getting those opportunities. And yeah, absolutely, that's what you got to do. He showed us that it's achievable. What, what what he's done isn't isn't beyond the realm of possibility for us or for anyone else who's listening. No, nothing, nothing he said sounded like it was beyond what can be done, did it? Not really. Hard work, good timing, bit of luck. That's and you make your own luck. You got to put yourself in a spot to to be to be successful. You do. You absolutely do, Mitch. Jeez, that is that's why you're going to be successful. That's a great idea. That's a great point. Um, and I guess the other thing that he pointed out was um, how it's it's your degree itself is just a it's a bit of paper, and it's important to want to do well at uni. But at the end of the day, where it really matters is what you're doing outside of uni. Yeah, cracking quote. Um, and that should give people in this industry confidence because you're more than the grades that you get on your in class assessments on your. Yeah. assignments it's, it, there's more to it than that yeah uh, there's a lot more to it than that in fact um in our in our industry so it, it just really matters that you get out there and, and put your name forward yeah um that's the key at the end of the day yeah that's it maybe we should go out and stick some some quotes of jack and that that quote up around around monash campus yeah <laughs> can't imagine they'd be a fan of that as well but i think it's uh, no, probably that probably wouldn't be i reckon that 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 might get the uh, podcast shut down, but so we don't want to do that. No, but it's still still very relevant, still worth um worth remembering. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, thanks for jumping on this week, Mitch. It's been a pleasure having you. Yeah, no worries. Having you back, being back on. Pleasure to be here as always. Yep, and um, thanks to everyone, everyone else who's with us. We've um 
you know, I appreciated your company as always. Hope you've appreciated that interview and, um, and our boring drones for another week. Yeah. And uh, we'll, we'll catch you next week. Catch you later. Bye. Mm-hmm.